You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Dennis Dick. Joel, uh, unfortunately, is out today. Uh, but we got a lot going on. We got uh, Fed stress test results. We're going to talk about that. More importantly, perhaps the Russell rebalance is today. It'll happen at the close. We have a list of stocks being added and deleted. We're going to talk through those stocks and the moves they are making and the implications for today, specifically as it relates to that rebalance. I also want to welcome everyone watching our show today from the Benzinga Options uh, Boot Camp. Uh, for anyone, for a regular listener, you can go to BenzingaBootCamp.com to learn more about that. But welcome to everyone attending our bootcamp. We've got a full slate of programming today and over the weekend. Uh, everyone from Anne-Marie Band to Nick Shaheen uh, to uh, Rob Smith from T3. Uh, a lot of people uh, doing the bootcamp this weekend. So go to BenzingaBootCamp.com to learn more about that. Welcome to all of you attending and watching our show through that. Um Let's jump right in, Dennis. So I'll, I'll bring you on here. And uh, there was a lot going on after the close today. The financials, we should start there probably. Start with the banks. Obviously, the stress test came out at 4.30. And the banks initially lifted on it, and then they slammed them all. And then the separation started as we started to get details on who did well, who didn't do so well. So let's jump in. Just give us the overall picture, first of all, what was said. And yeah. then let's jump into the individual banks. Let's actually back up a half hour or an hour. Sure. Uh, 3, 3 p.m. yesterday, FDIC comes out. We're going to roll back the Volcker rule. Okay. So that, yeah. was, that was the first domino to fall. Yes, that, yeah. that was like, what, 3-ish, three, 3-15-ish is when that came out. So that was the first domino. After that, then we get the stress test results at 4.30. Uh, I'll read to you the statement uh, from – I just had it up. Let me pull it back up here. Uh, the statement uh, from the top of the, uh, the, the report um, from the Fed, and this is really interesting here. So here's what they said. They said that this is the quote uh, from uh, Quarles, who's like the Fed's uh, 
point man on uh, regulation. Uh, the banking system has been a source of strength during this crisis, and the results of our sensitivity analysis show that our banks can remain strong in the face of even the harshest shocks. And they talked about how the banks are doing okay. And then they added the caveat. You're doing okay, just don't buy back stock and don't increase your dividends. That's basically what they said. Okay. Uh, so that that was the caveat. That was the We're caveat. okay, but save your money because a lot of bankruptcies coming your way. Yeah, yeah, save your money. <laughs> you're you're doing fine, but don't do these two things and don't spend their money this way. Uh, save your money. Yeah. So that uh, that's basically this the fest the the Fed stress test results summarized in ten seconds. Was that statement? So yeah, I'll tell you the trading action did not summarize in 10 seconds though. It took a lot of whipsaw action before we started to see some stocks going up, some stocks going down. So initially they started to rally stocks like JP Morgan. Um, if you bring up the after hours chart, you'll see that. And then they pulled the rug out from under it and they started to look at individual stocks and they said, well, Hey, Goldman didn't do very good. And, you know, breaking it down, I don't have the, the, the language in front of me, but, you know, breaking it down that they didn't pass with flying colors here. Um, and so well, if you bring up a chart of Goldman's, do you have the Goldman stuff? Of, it wasn't a question of like passing. They didn't like pass fail the banks. Yeah. They kind of said that they kind of like graded them like how how strongly are you positioned? But it wasn't like a pass fail situation. Goldman wasn't that strongly positioned is what they were saying. And Goldman rallied initially and then they just started slamming it and slamming it and slamming it. And they took this down to the 197 handle last night. Um, trading uh, up at $200 here right now, but it's still down six bucks. But you can see there is some separation here. Morgan Stanley, obviously often pair traded with Goldman. Full, full disclosure, I have a Morgan Stanley E-Trade spread on right now. But um, that's just you know that's that's just the R between the risk R between those two companies. So there's no real position there because it's it's hedged out. Um, Morgan Stanley is trading up right now, uh, 0.74%. So you can see the market saying Goldman, you know, didn't do that great to be honest, and Morgan did okay. So you're seeing separation in certain banks. You're also seeing Citigroup was trading up a lot last night. It has now turned to the red. Um, if I'm going through the banks, there's not a lot of them that are in the red here today. And you're going to see some overall weakness here, probably with the limitations that they put on them. Can't do any more buybacks. Don't raise your dividends here. Um, you know, it spooks the market to a certain extent when you're, you're, when you're talking like that. So most of the banks are down. The only one that I do see trading higher of the big ones. So, you know, we're talking City. We're talking Bank of America. We're talking JP Morgan. We're talking Goldman. We're talking Morgan. Morgan Stanley has been trading higher the entire pretty much after our session. Traded down initially and then started to rally. So, um, so pair traders probably not doing great unless you've got the Morgan Stanley long and the Goldman short. But if you're putting it on last night, which I had it on for a little bit, and I was like, yeah, and then I cut my loss because I was like, this is not going well. <laughs> um, and I and obviously you know they started talking about Goldman even on CNBC. I was like, nah, I'll just get out of this and take the small loss. So Goldman uh, down, Morgan up, J.P. Morgan, Citigroup down. Banks are going to be big movers here today. Uh, and again, notable as we said yesterday that the banks are going to report earnings here in like two weeks. So uh, they're going to they're going to announce one way or the other what they're going to do. Uh, as far as dividends are concerned. Um, the the only uh, Wolf Research Analysis, the only uh, bank with a dividend that would have breached this new threshold that that, that the Fed has capped, it was Wells Fargo uh, last uh, last quarter. So um, they're they're capping dividend payouts at uh, they cannot be greater than their average quarterly profit from the four most recent 
quarters. That's what the, that's that's the new limit on dividends. So, uh, well, Wells Fargo's apparently would have breached that threshold. Uh, I it, don't know. I'll say this: it's a very important day for these banks that they don't breach yesterday's lows. So some of them, obviously, Goldman are already through it, or actually, no, Goldman's holding there too. So I would say that level, that one ninety-seven and a half, very important for Goldman to hold that. It's good that it bounced off there after hours. That gives me, you know, some hope that it might bounce there again. While Spargo absolutely needs to hold its low from yesterday, it was a rip roaring rally for these banks yesterday. So I wouldn't be surprised if the weakness gets bought here. And if you want to try them on a pullback, I would stop myself out at yesterday's lows on all these stocks so if you're jumping into city on the pullback i'd stop myself out below the 50 bucks if you're jumping into goldman on the pullback i would stop myself out right be below that low of 197.38 197.61 the little double bottom from the last two days so that's the trade setup i think the i think you know buying the pullback might be okay but again have your contingency plan because if you don't start getting immediate gratification after you buy these things it could start leaking through and if they cut through and sometimes you got to give it a little wiggle room i mean you know these line in the sand sometimes you stop yourself out you know put 197.38 and the thing goes down to 197 and then it rallies i mean you stopped yourself over 38 cents so you know you got to know your risk reward you got to give it a little bit of room but you know that's my line in the sand really is i don't want to see those lows get breached from from uh, the last two days i i just want to give myself a, a slight pat on the, the back there because i uh if you rewind the yesterday's show i th th this was basically my prediction not not as far as the stocks but as far as what the fed would say in their in their uh in their release that uh i thought they could probably say maybe don't do some don't you do did say you, spencer that. did so pat on the it back. was a great call by mr israel now, here on our show we've had some good calls we've had the Raz, and he's going to be on later on i believe is Raz coming on yep he'll be on about a half hour we got the Raz coming on. Obviously, he had his big call on Expo. We got Spencer Israel making the big call on the on the on the banks yesterday. It was a good call, and I try to make good calls every once in a while. So <laughs> you make more calls than I make a lot of calls. Some of them are good, and some of them are bad. <laughs> All right. um, we got a merger. We got a we got a takeover. Sorry, um, coming. Uh, just Christian Fromhertz has actually just tweeted this out, and I just noticed from him. CoreLogic is getting bought it appears clgx i believe is it halted right now this CLGX? was uh wasn't this rumored this is the, so they're being acquired uh bought for 65 dollars a share in cash yeah by uh what's that uh cnne is the ticker the acquiring ticker yeah and they're taking out clgx i thought this was there was like a rumor it is halted uh yeah how long ago was this rumored? I feel like it definitely was, maybe a couple of days ago, or I could be, I could be mistaken. It, you know? It's been running for a while, so it could have been rumored. The stock has been really hot. I mean, you look at it, forty-five dollars a week and a half ago, fifty-two. Now it's going to go off the board at sixty-five. CNNE is, I don't know if it's halted right now. It hasn't made any trades. Remember, risk arb traders, a lot of people like to slam the acquirers once you know yeah. they pay a premium. But remember, in cash deals, it doesn't happen as often. So it's in all stock deals that you see that, that that slam happen more because the arbitrage between it, where they're buying the acquire and they're selling short the other one to lock it in. So you don't often see in the cash deals the acquire get hit as much. I will say what is interesting on this is CLGX raised guidance last night ahead of this. So you can see at 651, if you bring up your Benzinga Pro, you can show it, Spencer. Yeah. CoreLogic uh, came out with a press release, raises guidance. I tried to buy the stock last night. There was literally nothing in the book and I'm bidding it up. And I'm like, you know, I'd like to buy it, um, but there was nothing, you know, there was just nothing in there. And I don't even think it traded, uh, I traded a little bit in the 5430 handle. I mean, hindsight's 2020, right? Um, so, you know, you're paying up a buck 50 for raised guidance. We obviously didn't know anything about the merger at that time. I was like, ah, I don't want to pay up a buck 50 for it. 
because even though they say they're raising guidance, United and devil's in the details, right? So sometimes you'll see a company raise guidance and they don't always necessarily go up, but they usually do. I would have been willing to pay in the 53 handle, but there was just nothing there. I tried to bet it early and I was like, you know, if somebody wants it, um, I'm trying to buy it, but uh, I couldn't get it. So CLGX would have been a nice gift here this morning to buy that on the raise guidance and then it gets taken over. So congratulations to the people who were buying it at 54 and a half last night. And obviously not a lot of stock tr traded. There was only a few hundred shares, but they're pretty happy this morning. So we got a, a big M&A deal and a big IPO on the same day. What are the odds? Albertsons. Albertsons. Yeah. How many it's, times? They're back. Yeah. How many times is this, Dennis? This is the third time Albertsons has come public. So the last two times it came public, they went bankrupt. So it's always interesting when you see a company go bankrupt and they come back and they go bankrupt and they come back. And well, so and now they've come back. So this is the third time. So maybe third time's a charm. Maybe they won't burn the shareholders this time. But the last warning to the Albertsons buyers, the last two times they've came public, they've burned the shareholders and eventually went bankrupt. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if I'm jumping over hula hoops trying to get a piece of this action here, but give us the details for the IPO. Maybe it'll be different this time. All, all you need to know is it's undersubscribed. They raised less money. It's undersubscribed because they, everybody's they made moved from the last two times, Albertsons. They raised less than they wanted to. That's all you need to know. Okay, I, I could give you the pricing range. I think it's like what sixteen to eighteen. I I vaguely remember, but yeah, yeah, they raised less than they wanted to. That's all you need to know about that. So, uh, yeah, the props. What's the symbol going to be? It's going to be ACI. Props to them for IPOing in this. ACI. Market. Yeah. What was that Arch Cole back in the day? Ah, you are Am I right. Good. Am I right? You are good, Dennis. You are really good. I was trying to think. What was ACI? Arch Cole. So they took the old Arch Cole symbol. That doesn't bode well either, because I think Arch Cole went bankrupt too, didn't it? Didn't uh, it? There's a reason. Did, did Arch Cole go bankrupt? There's a reason it's not the, the ticker is available. Well, it might have got taken over, but I feel like it went bank. I have no, to Google no, that. Now. No, it, it's delisted. I can show you in the pro. Arch Cole. I'll show you here. I'll show you in the pro. The bankrupt. Last headline, last headline we have was from January 11th, 2016. Oh, yeah. They, they got delisted from the NICE. There you go. So, Arch Cole did declare Chapter 11 bankruptcy back in 2016. So the the company that went this is this is ironic the company that went bankrupt twice and it's coming back for the third time chose a ticker symbol where the previous company went bankrupt with that ticker symbol yee is it uh friday the 13th oh no it's friday the 26th no but it, it is 8 13 uh let's <laughs> let's just do nike earnings real fast before we we want to spend a lot of time today on this russell rebalancing happening so yes we do. do that let's just do nike real quick they're out after the close yesterday uh earnings me, as i find them here uh q4 uh eps on a gap basis they lost 51 cents let me see if i can get an adjusted number for you because i don't know if that compares to the estimate there so um no, I don't have one. So they lost 51 cents per share estimate, not even close. Uh, so I don't think they're really comparable. Nine cent gain was the estimate. Sales more comparable, 6.3 billion for $7.5 billion. So uh, they missed on that sales number. They said about 90% of their stores around the world are opened. Uh, they talked about China revenue. It increased 11% on a currency neutral basis uh, year over year. Uh, they gave some digital sales guidance. That's all the rage these days because we can't actually go anywhere. Um, and they're suspending their buybacks or they suspended buybacks in March. So It was a very bad quarter. But one thing to say is, did you expect it to be good? I mean, all their bloody stores are closed. 
So, you know, not a complete shocker that they missed. I mean, people who are coming in expecting Nike to beat with 80% of their U.S. stores closed or whatever it was, or even more than that, it was going to be a tough quarter. I mean, this is, this is a preview as to what is going to be happening here. Um, as we get into the second quarter earnings, we know the first quarter they gave it a pass, but there was only two to three weeks of really, you know, earnings in the late, late March where we, the shutdown started to happen. Now you're getting a full quarter of it. So we saw KB Holmes yesterday. They weren't giving it a pass on it despite, you know, and, and KB Holmes only had a little piece of it too because the way they reported wasn't the whole quarter. But we're starting to get into what months was this for Nike? Because this wasn't the whole yeah. entire quarter either. What, uh, what months was this? I'm looking right now. So it's, the, it's their quarter that ended, ended in May. So. They ended in May. So they had April and May would have sucked. They would have had the beginning of March, which would have been okay. But as you come in and you start getting this April, May, June coverage here happening with the quarters, the earnings aren't going to be good. It's a matter of whether the guidance is okay, the sentiment, you know, turns maybe, but we know the earnings are not going to be good. They're going to be very bad because a lot of these companies aren't even open. I mean, besides, you know, Amazon and the online businesses, which were probably killing it, we know the gamers were killing it. If you weren't a lockdown stock, if you're one of these other plays, obviously these reopening plays we've been talking about, like the retailers, it's going to be an ugly quarter. And Nike is no exception to the rule. Yes, it's a great brand. But again, when your stores are closed, I know they do some online shopping, you know, they sell some stuff online, but it's not going to make up the difference. So I'm not surprised Nike missed big time. Yeah. Like you said, I'm not sure what what anyone was expecting. The Um, question is, do you buy the pullback here? I am not buying pullbacks right now. I said it yesterday and, you know, we rallied a little bit yesterday. It wasn't a crazy rally, but we rallied. Um, we're still battleground, you know, really, I, like I said, the line in the sand, if you're buying the pullbacks is the 296.74 low that we made back on June 15th. If that gets breached, Katie bar the door, we're going to 280. So, um, that's the line in the sand. So if you're buying pullbacks, don't get stuck because this is far from over. We are in the early, people don't like hearing this, but I believe we are in the early innings in COVID. I don't think we're in the seventh or the eighth inning and the vaccine's coming tomorrow and it's going to be over. I wish that was the case. I don't believe that is the case. Fauci doesn't believe that is the case. The doctors and the epidemiologists that we listen to don't believe that is the case. So, but that doesn't mean you can't buy stocks. Just have yourself outs and don't get stuck because I think there's a second wave coming and I think it's going to get ugly and I think the market's going to get ugly. Again, that's why I stay under invest in the long-term portfolio. But, you know, as trades, I don't have anything short right now. I, you know, well, that's not hedged. So, yeah, it's, it's, you just buy the dips and sell the rips. You know, I, I didn't buy the dip yesterday. I should have. So I should be punished for, you know, not buying the dip yesterday um, because it was another opportunity again. So I guess we continue to buy the dips and sell the rips until it doesn't work anymore. I'm going to say we're probably closer to middle innings on this only because once you get towards the end and you see the light at the end of the tunnel, yeah, market's going to just look, look ahead. You know what I mean? So. It will. And that's the market is always forward looking. So yeah, you're right. From a market's perspective, it's going to be looking ahead. Maybe, you know, Main Street's in the second or third inning. Maybe Wall Street's in the fourth or fifth. But we don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah, that's right. what we keep making the point here. There are so many unknowns here that I don't want to be all in on margin. I don't want to be all in and saying, well, stocks go up no matter what. Because you know what? I watched 2008, 2009 happen. I watched the, the, the tech bubble happen. And yes, you know, those stocks eventually did come back. But if you were on margin, when the NASDAQ fell 80%, the NASDAQ, the index fell 80% in the year 2000. Yes, it was a crazy bubble. But don't kid yourself. There's a few stocks that are in bubbles here, just like 1999 and some of these tech names when we're paying, you know, 100 times, you know, forward sales um, for stocks. 
It, things like this can happen. I'm not saying they're going to happen. We're in a different environment. Interest rates are zero. The Fed's defending the market. The White House defending the market. But it's not the kind of market that I want to be on margin invested in all in rah, rah, America. I can't be in on that until I start getting more clarity on where this virus thing is going. Because if we stay closed for a prolonged period of time or I have to start reclosing other things, and Apple reclosed some stores, Disney postponed their, op re uh, their reopening. It's not good news. Uh, real fast, uh, good question from the chat here, Dennis. You said you wouldn't buy the dips now, but that you bought the dip yesterday. Can you? I did not buy the dip yesterday. I said I should have bought the dip okay. yesterday because the market went up. So hindsight's twenty twenty. You're always going to be right when you look back. I said I did not buy the dip yesterday. Yesterday, I've been buying dips and selling rips. You guys know if you've been listening to the show. I've been talking about this for months. And yesterday, I was nervous. I thought, you know, that it could get ugly, and I was not buying yesterday's dip. I was wrong. It went up. It would have paid me again. If you were just blindly bought the dip yesterday, you made money. So what I'm saying here is now, I guess it's still buy the dip and sell the rip. The market proved me wrong. I wish I could be right 100% of the time. I wish, you know, but I've got to admit, as a trader, I'm not going to sit here and defend my call yesterday when I said I wasn't buying the dip. The market went up 500 points from, you know, the lows. So I could have made some money buying the dip, but I did not. So I was wrong yesterday. And I'm going to admit that I'm wrong, and I'm going to adjust my trading strategies for that move. So with that being said, this is not a dip here this morning of 60 cents. You know, we're not talking, you know, when you pull back six handles after round 50, that's a dip. Um, you know, the dip was yesterday. So, you know, if we get up to 312, 313, and for whatever reason, I'll be selling. The Russell rebalance, which we might as well move into, it'd be a nice segue to go into, well, can we, really can, throws can we, can a wrench in all this. Can you do one thing before that? Can, can, we look yes. at, can we just look at Under Armour real fast? Because now we now that we got a glimpse of what April and May were like from Nike, for yeah. the, the good one, Yeah. imagine Under Armour. Oh, it's going to be horrible. going to be horrible. Like, horrible. So that's why Under Armour. Under Armour always trades with Nike to a certain extent, at least on the downside. Because <laughs> Under Armour has been a perennial underperformer. But I used to pair these two stocks. Years ago, I used to always pair those up. Nike misses, Under Armour go down that day. Nike beats Under Armour, usually get a little bit of a lift. Obviously, a lot more muted. But um, Lululemon's the same thing. You used to, I used to always trade Lululemon with Nike as well. Although Lulu's its own animal now. It's just been firing on all cylinders for so long that it just drives its own bus. But, you know, Lululemon... I'm not surprised it's trading down a couple bucks here this morning on Nike because we get a feel and you know what? There's some overlap there and obviously some of the stuff they sell. Yeah. I just want to note that Under Armour, Nike was bad. Under Armour will be really bad. All right. Let's go into something we talked about uh, earlier this week. Yes. We the last week as well. Yes. Today is the Russell rebalance. What is that? Once a year, uh, Russell Indexes, which is an index provider that billions, I don't know the number, but billions, hundreds of billions of dollars are pegged to these indexes. Yes. They rebalance their indexes once a year. That once a year is today. It happens as of the close. So a few weeks ago, and I, I put this link in the chat and I'll put it there again right now. Starting, uh, I want to say the first Friday of June, they put this list out of stocks that they think, they said, we think we're going to add and remove these stocks from our rebalances that, that are from our indexes. That list has been edited over the past couple of weeks. Yes. The, final, the final list is we, we have it. So that uh, the, the ad, final list, the ads, the final and list. Dennis printed it out, which I, I don't know how often I print it out every year. This is okay. uh, six, 12, it's about 20 pages of paper. Yeah, so, and it's, it's just a little lot. ticker symbols on there. So if you look, 
there's a lot of names on here. But you know, you got to look at what you trade and you kind of highlight the ones that you trade and be aware if they're going in or coming out because you get these crazy moves on these stocks. So every stock that is on this list has the potential to have a crazy move at the close. The direction used to be the ads go up and the deletes go down like I've talked, but it's not that simple anymore. Sometimes the trades get crowded to the one side and they actually go the other way. So just because it's getting added, don't necessarily assume it's gonna go up you know, right. at four o'clock you know, into the close. It, it might, sometimes they do, but if they get crowded, they sometimes go the other way. But there are some big names on these lists and that just you guys all trade. And you should know that if they've been running and running for weeks and they're going in, this sometimes, not saying all the time, but sometimes is a topping event for the additions because there's people who are running ahead of it, buying these stocks ahead of it because they're anticipating that the hedgers and the indexers are going to have to buy these stocks at the close today. And sometimes that trade comes off in a blaze of glory, sometimes a day before, sometimes a day of, sometimes the Monday, sometimes it doesn't come off, sometimes there's follow through, but you're going to be shocked at some of the lists and you won't be shocked at the moves. So give us a few, I gave you a few highlights, Spencer, and let's look through the charts of some of the are going into the Russell 3000. Now the Russell 3000 is made up of the Russell 1000, the big ones, and the Russell 2000, which is the smaller ones. So a lot of these are obviously probably hitting the 2000, but they go into the Russell 3000 altogether. So uh, give us give us a few of these names. There's some big ones. Some, some names that we know you all like are, are being added here uh, to the 3000 index. These are getting added into the 3000. Uh, SPCE, Virgin Galactic, that's going in. CrowdStrike, that's going in. Zoom, that's going in. Slack, that's going in. Datadog, Workhorse, both going in. Solar Edge going in. Uh, Fuel Cell going in. Uh, Pinterest going in. Lake, one of those uh, early COVID plays going in. Yeah. Uh, these are all stocks that institutions are going to have to buy. And Dennis, you can correct me if I'm wrong. They're going to come in at like 350 and as close as they can get to the close and buy it. Yes. But the one question, and this is where people get burned just blindly buying, is the people who have been buying ahead of this bigger than the indexers. And right. if they're bigger than the indexers, the stocks will actually go down after 350, which will shock everyone. I've seen this happen. I've seen it go both ways. So like I said, it's not a slam dunk that they're necessarily going to go up. And let's go look at some of these charts because it's interesting. Sure. Look at Datadog, DDOG. Look how this stock has been running for the last month. And now you get the event where it's going into the Russell. A lot of times, this is a topping event. If I was in Datadog, I would think about lightening up my position today because sometimes these things can turn violently after they are added into the index because a lot of this move Believe it or not, it's just people who are getting ahead of the indexers. So look at that, a dog move. Look at um, the move here, and there's a lot of them that look the same. And a lot of this is just due you know, to these are hot stocks, and retail loves them, and there's nothing to do with the indexing. But some of it is. CrowdStrike has been going straight up for weeks, CRWD. It's down here this morning. So somebody who's like, oh, I'm going to buy CrowdStrike yesterday. Well, it's down here this morning. It could be CrowdStrike. could be crowded, pun intended. Um, Zoom video has been nonstop bid going in to the Russell 3000 tonight. I'm not trying to call a top. I'm saying this sometimes is a topping event, though. So I'm saying there's a possibility that Zoom could top out today. So if I was long Zoom, I would lighten it up. I'm not going to be long any of these stocks. Workhorse is going in. It's been crazy. It's hot. It's retail. Uh, some of this is due with indexing, but most of this has just been to do that this is the new hot thing. 
I'm still on a bit of workhorse. I've sold it the last three days. I sold some three days ago. I sold some two days ago. I sold some yesterday. I still have a small piece left, but it's about 20% of the position now. So um, I've taken out way more. We know we bought this, you know, when we talked about it on the show, when it was back at like $3.80 two weeks ago. It's been a great one. I've been ringing the register. Lake has been running, L-A-K-E, Lakeland Industries. Yes, you know, it's a COVID play. Yes, it's masks. Yes, it's everything that the world needs right now. But again, it's going into the index. So maybe not surprising that it's showing a little bit of strength. Pinterest, P-I-N-S, has been running until the last couple of days, but showing strength as well. So they have one thing in common. A lot of these stocks have been showing some strength. Turtle Beach is going in, H-E-A-R. Look at the run this thing has been on. So this thing has went from $4 to 16 and now it's going into the wrestle. I don't want to own it. Not after today. So maybe they get a little more oomph. Maybe they get a little more boom. Maybe they don't. Like I said, sometimes the trade comes off a little sooner than some people would hope. But just be careful if you're just blindly buying these stocks. That's all I want to say. I just want to clarify a point you just said. You said you wouldn't be long any of these stocks today. You mean you're not going long today in any of these? You're not buying any of these stocks no. today? For no, this the trades are already, the money has been made on the, on the long side on some of these. Now, how I play it, I used to, Spencer, I traded the Russell 15 years ago. I've been, I've followed this for 15 years. I do this every year. I print them all out. Yep. But I used to, I used to actually, we used to like figure it out, like try to figure it out before everybody else figured it out. Cause it's just ranked the market caps, right? And you figure, okay, well, this is going to go in. These are going to go in. I used to put hours and hours and hours of research into this, trying to get ahead of the trade. And, you know, and sometimes that would bear fruit, but the one year we got slammed on it and, and bright traders is a few, you know, if you guys, you know, are listening, uh, there was, some. Uh, it went the other way where, you know, you think you got to figure it out and they pulled the rug out from these stocks two days early and they slammed stocks. So some of the ads were dropping 10, 15% on us like the day of, and I'm like, holy cow. And then I got, you know, to the point where I don't want to play it that way anymore because it's too much risk. The trade got crowded and it went the other way. So the way I play it, I feel like it's safer. The last five years since I got burned back, I think it was like eight years ago on the ugly turn and where the, all the ads went down and all the deletes went up and we're like, I did not know that could happen. It did. It got crowded. Anything can happen. Just because going in the index doesn't necessarily mean it's going to go up. Stocks don't have to do anything. If they get crowded, if the short-term traders are bigger than the indexers, the stock can go the other way. So the way I've played it for the last few years, I just do the fades. So if you see the rip-roaring rallies on some of these stocks into the close, I sell them short in the close and on the closing print, LOC style. If you see rip, you know, you see stocks just get slammed. Wait, 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 wait. LOC, limit on close. Limit on close orders. What an LOC order does is it, te- is it sells on the closing print or it cancels. So if I put an LOC, let's just use, you know, we've got a couple stocks going in here. So let's just use Zoom video, for instance. If I put a limit on close and it's NASDAQ, so they call it limit close, I believe. It's not, New York Stock Exchange has LOC. NASDAQ has limit close. Same, same purpose. You're, you're executing the order on the closing print. So if we use a New York stock, most of these are, are unfortunately uh, not New York stocks or NASDAQ stocks. So NASDAQ's order type for their closing order is limit close. LOC is the order for the NYSE, at least on my platform, that's what it's called. So on Ready Plus, I trade. So, um, so I place my limit on close, limit close order. And if I place it to sell short Zoom at 261 and I place a limit on close, if Zoom's trading 263, I'm not executed. I'm not executed until the closing print. If the closing print is above 261, 
I will be executed. So if it's two, if so it's trading 263, that closes 265, I get the closing print. If it trades at 263 and trades 260.75 on the closing print, I will not be executed because my limit was 261. So you got to obviously get your limit or better. So that's how I play them. I do the fade trade on the close. It has worked fairly consistently for a number of years. I'm sure there's going to be a way I get burned with this one eventually too. Maybe because I told everybody this, maybe it's not going to work this time. But typically I'm selling short the ones that are ripping into the close and I'm buying the ones that are really dipping hard into the close and at the closing print. So then, you know, you hope for the reversal trade. You know, and I do this all the time, you know, even on third Friday of the month, end of the quarter, um, the utility stocks. We talked about this last week. They had a, just a ridiculous sell-off on the third Friday there where they were selling Duke and they were selling DT Energy and they were selling SO. I bought all those utility stocks on the close and I was able to sell them after hours for 1% to 2% gainers on all of them. So it's nice to just, boom, buy the close, five minutes later, sell it, or five seconds later in the case of Southern, sell it, sell it 1.5% up. So sometimes these things work, sometimes it's follow-through. If there's follow through and there's people who still want to keep selling, well, it's going to get ugly then. So that's the name of the game, though. Nothing is 100% ever. And just like everything, you know, this, this, the state they're in right now, this virus and this, 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 this recession, whatever you want to call it, uh, complicates things. Because in a normal year, we could have said, oh, look at that run up in June. Probably you're also rebalance rate happening there. But this year, who the hell knows? Who so, the hell knows? Right. Uh, and the wrestle rebalance is always a little bit of a mystery. Like I said, you know, 15 years ago, it was, it wasn't, you know, there's not as many high frequency trading game, you know, bots figuring out who's crowded, who's not. It was more simplistic. It was slower. It was easier to figure, you know, it was easier to just predict. Now, anything that is completely predictable can be gained. And what do I mean by that is you've got machines that will figure out that, hey, there's a lot of people along this thing right now. Let's take it down on them a little bit. It, that happens. Don't kid yourself. They, they figure out the one side is crowded. They'll take the stock the other way. You know, like the stop hunters, you know, we've talked about those before too. They exist. I mean, they exist to a certain extent. There's certain levels. Like that's why you often see like stock trades at 55, it trades through it by a dime. Why does it trade through it? To hit all the stops at 55. And then they buy those and then they take it back higher. So um, sometimes, you know, even these little undercuts, Jeremy Newsom has made a lot of money, you know, just doing the undercut and rally where you got a big bottom there where they undercut it by a little bit, but then they take it back up and, you know, these undercuts, so they've caught people saying, okay, here's the breakdown. Here's where I'm going to short it. And then they take it the other way. So, you know, anything that's predictable is always game. It can be gamed. And there's traders that game this stuff and to our, and, and to our detriment, to my detriment back in 2008, 2009, because they took it the other way on us. It wasn't 2009. I, I can't remember the year. It was, it was a long time ago that we got hit in it. But I, I remember it well. And I, you, you, you remember the times you really get hit hard, better, more than you do on your winning trades. You remember right. your losing trades. And that's good because you learn from that. Right. So point, the underlying point of all this is, is uh, I, you know, I put the link in there. There's like a couple hundred stocks. Uh, have them on your radar. They will move today. One way or the other, they will move. These are going to move. Yeah. And especially because a lot of these stocks being added are being added for a reason. It's because they're really popular. I mean, SPCE, really popular. Pinterest, crowd. They've run up. Zoom. Some of them, like popular. Zoom, are getting added because the market caps have reached a threshold to sure. be added. That's what it is. It's just, it's easy to figure them out if you have the time. You rank all your stocks by market cap and the ones that fall off. So they take in the top 3,000 and they rank them all by market cap and then they move out the ones that are below it. So it isn't a mystery how they figure out which stocks are going and which stocks are going out. They literally just rank the market caps. That's how it's done. 
So that's why a lot of traders figure it out way before. There is papers, research analysts coming out as early as January with Russell information about these are the stocks that are likely to be added. And they tend to have upward bias for months sometimes going into the Russell. The turning point is this day. So that's what I'm saying. If you've been riding a hot zoom wave from 150 to 262, it might continue to go. Maybe the story continues to drag it up. But if there was ever a potential turning point to isolate an event, this is it. Yep. So just be aware that maybe this could be the topping event. It might doesn't have to be the topping event, but it could be the topping event. And I've seen it before. And if you're like in this stock, you know, and you think, you know, wow, it's just going to the moon and, you know, it's been going up, up, up. Everybody loves this stock. Sometimes, you know, not in the Zoom case because it's got a story, but some of these other stocks are going up simply because they're getting added to the index. And once they're added, that buying pressure is now gone. And what happens? There's people who are maybe still in it and they've been riding the wave and now they got to get out. Now the indexers aren't there to buy. And now the day trading crowd, which is a little bit crowd of the one side, needs to get out. And you see violent reversals happen. So all we're saying, again, is that there could be some really wicked moves on these stocks. Um, I was under the impression, Dennis, that the, the institutional buying uh, of the funds that track these indexes, that happens at the close today. Stock hands were saying he had heard that this buying happens into the rebalance. Do you know? It's been happening the whole time. I mean, we, we, we talk about no, it. No, 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 no. I mean like the, the indexers themselves. Yeah. I they mean, try the to go as close as possible because they have to mimic the index. Right. So, but. Right. I, you know, there's, you know, there's different, you know, people, they're using, they're using different algorithms to do it. It can happen a little bit ahead of the time too, for sure. I'm not in, I'm not actually running the index. Right. I'm not running the Russell. So I can't tell you how their algorithms are programmed to right. actually buy. I'm just saying at the close, they got to own them. So yeah, it could be happening ahead of time too. You know, I'm sure Russell isn't going, I'm sure, you know, the, the, the people who are running the IWM, you know, and, and the people who are running, you know, the different Russell tracking ETFs aren't going to disclose how exactly they're going to be buying these things. You know, if they are doing that, they're definitely going to get gained. So I would say, you know, we just know that they need to own these stocks at the close. Have they already been buying? Have they already been reworking it? Potentially, but they need to track the index closely. So we know they try to do it as close to, you know, the actual rebound state as possible, because these are the stocks that are going into the actual Russell. IWM obviously tracks, you know, the 2000. So, you know, and you can look, you know, the other ETFs. There's a lot of ETFs that track these. They will have to obviously own these shares at the close if they really want to mimic the index. Is it worth looking at the IWM and the other, the other Russell ETFs? Will they move off this today? Yeah, they will for sure. They, they will. I mean, you're going to see not only moves in these individual stocks, you're going to see moves in the indexes as well. You could see some ripping, like you could see the Dow rip 500, 600 points in the last couple of minutes if they're all buy imbalances, because that, those stocks, some of them overlap and are obviously maybe even in the Dow, you know, some, some of them, like, the, because there's also, you know, percentages where they've got to own certain amounts. So there's jockeying around there too. But, you know, some of them are definitely in the S&P. There's some overlap there. Some of them are obviously in the IWM is tracking it. So the IWM is going to be the thing that moves the most. It's tracking the 2000. So you've got to consider all these things. But as a trader, also, you need to be aware that it's going to be increased volatility at the close. There's also the IWV, which is the iShares Russell 3000 index. There is got them all. VTHR, which is the Vanguard Russell 3000. Yep. These indexes all do the same. There's exact. dozens of these things. Oh, sure. So all of these are going to be trying to buy and sell as well, you know, going into this because they need to mimic the index. 
Right. So, you know, that's just what you need to know is that I'm trying to explain to you because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of seasoned traders that don't understand this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, and you, you could give, you'd say, oh, I like the setup in this thing. I like the chart on this thing. Oh, I like the trend in Zoom. You know, I'm just going to follow that trend. Well, you need to be aware that there's a potential topping event today. Potential. Not saying it's going to, but, you know, you see, boom, and you'd be on Monday. And if Zoom fell 20 points, you'd be like, what happened? How did that happen? Well, it could be that all the indexers took it off. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying there is the potential for that to happen. So um, if I was like saying it, just following the trend blindly, you have a catalyst. You have an event here. Yep. It's like holding through earnings. So if you're holding Zoom, it's like holding through an earnings event almost because we don't know how the indexers are going to respond here, if it's crowded or not. Stocks been getting bought nonstop for a month straight. Yep. It's probably crowded to the long side. So that's why I was saying this is one that could turn. We'll see how this, you know, if this you know video ages bad or ages not, but you know I'm saying there's a potential topping event in Zoom today. Uh, is it worth looking at the the deletion list? Do you also? Well, you can. The problem with the deletions is you get a lot of companies that are very low priced, and I don't like trading penny stocks. And a lot of these have become penny stocks, obviously because they've moved down. I mean, you can look like MITT is one of the first ones here getting deleted. Um, look at the chart. It went from sixteen dollars to three, so it doesn't meet the market cap anymore. That's why it's getting deleted. Briggs and Stratton is bankrupt. BG or, or is, is it officially bankrupt? They've been talking about bankruptcy forever. I can't keep track of who and who. So, is bar, yeah, you can't keep track, but they they seem to be going that way. Uh, B, BGG dollar twenty seven here now. So, can there be trades on these? Absolutely. If B, if some of these stocks that aren't bankrupt, I don't ever buy bankrupt companies. But if some of these stocks you know aren't bankrupt and they get slammed on the close, I might buy them for the for the Monday bounce because sometimes these things do bounce back. So there's Drive Shack DS, you know, $1.89. But if you look through on this whole list of, you know, the 3,000 deletions, um, there's, uh, I'd say there's got to be one, two, three, maybe, uh, maybe 150 of them, maybe 150 things getting deleted here. A lot of these are companies that are really, really strong. Right. They're being deleted from the index for a very good reason. It's not yeah. an accident, right? They, they fell below the threshold. They're already beaten now but that being said the, the point still stands there will be volatility today in these names so roy says please stop the russell talk or i'm out i mean we can't please everyone we Sorry. don't sit here we don't sit here and talk to russell every single day this is an event that's it, going happens, to do. it happens once a year okay so if, if you want the russell to stop put one we do the jason rasnick then jason's coming on anyway so it's going to stop the one <laughs> so we'll say if you if you didn't like the russell talk i don't ever have to talk to russell again if everybody says well, maybe you do. I can't do this one, two thing. Jason does this. Look, guys, I don't even know the question. I can't propose a survey here. We're, all right, we're done anyway. I, th I, think, I think we've made our point. All right. We made our point. The it, Russell talk is done. So, it, it, but it all I wanted to know, here. all I want you guys, I, I, we try to teach something. You know, we could just come on and say, oh, we like this stock. Oh, we like this stock. Oh, I don't like this stock. I don't like this stock. Or maybe some people like that. But there's a million people doing that out there. We try to differentiate ourselves by our experience. You know, 20 years prop trading. So I got a lot of experience here to devote. I'm trying to teach you guys something. I'm trying to teach you a little look at what's like on the inside, what it looks like to actually, you know, be, you know, looking at these indexes and doing this research and, you know, and doing this as opposed to just looking at a stock chart and saying, I like the chart, I'm going to buy the stock. That's what we're trying to teach you guys. Yeah. All so, right. Jump in. Let's move away from the Russell talk because everybody's bored with it now. Um, Jason, when is Jason coming? Uh, he's here. Let, let's bring, bring him, him in. Yeah, let, let's Jason, bring him save the show. <laughs> we don't need saving. Save the show. They're all bored with my Russell talk. Oh, man. Jason Rasnick, if you don't know, folks, is the founder and CEO. Unmute of him quickly before everybody leaves. He's been joining the show every Friday. 
uh, for a couple months. He's made some really good calls here. Uh, we'll get him on here now. Jason, good morning. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, I have a new shirt I'm unveiling today. Oh, what is it? Zinga. Oh, perfect. Detroit. Um, in Born Detroit. in Detroit and forming the globe. Yeah. So it's, nice. Um, yeah. And then we have a store now, but the only we're like sold out of a lot of stuff. The only things that are available right now are the mugs. I'll put it in the YouTube chat or you guys put it in the pro, but it's shop at Benzinga.myshopify.com. So oh, we're, we're on Shopify. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Yeah. We got a store. Why is Shopify? Uh-oh. How do I make it a hyperlink Spencer? I just pasted it in the YouTube chat, but um, we're on Shopify shop at Benzinga.myshopify.com. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of express spa sweat, a swag. Oh, Express Spa. We love it. We love it. I'm getting some Express Spa swag. Maybe, um, can you go to the site on the... Yep, yep. I'm bringing it up and I'm putting it in there right now. So I'm pasting it in the chats. One, two, three chats. And uh, I'll bring it up on the screen here so everyone can see what we're looking at. This is the new Benzinga. I'm Uh, excited to see this. What is the name here? The Benzinga Shopify store? Well, what exactly are we calling this? It's shop at benzinga.com. No, no, I know that, but what, what, like, what are we call? How are we referring to this? Like, what is this? Just our store? This is our store. Cool. Our store. Here's our store. We're gonna put a lot of. We got a gonna, Shopify we're store. Gonna, we're gonna crowdsource things daily in, on here. Oh, look so, at that mug. So the look mug. at those socks. <laughs> socks. Oh man! Oh, we got the Raz mug. <laughs> Xbox the Raz mug. Wait, Jason. Jason, those aren't your legs, are they? I hope not. Are those Jason's legs? I think they are. <laughs> He's on the left. You can see the little bit of hair yeah, on Right, him. right, right, right. <laughs> uh, I would totally buy these pillows. I I would buy these pillows in a heartbeat. <laughs> it's my it's my main man Neil Hamilton's legs. <laughs> Is it Neil's? Yes, yes. Neil Hamilton. And he said, um, um, "It's a Benzinga sto- a swag store." Okay, the Benzinga swag store. Awesome. Uh, I would definitely. I'm going to buy at least one of these pillows. Oh. So before we get right into stocks and we will get into them. Yeah. Netflix and chill. I am asking for a favor. People ask me, what can we do for the show or whatever? So some brokerages don't use Benzinga news yet. And so I'm asking for a favor. You can send me screenshots after you do it. I am going to get random people swag. This guy Dion did it yesterday. He is getting swag. If you use a broker, you know, I don't care if it's Webull or whoever say send them a message to the contact us customer service that you love Benzinga news. You love the Benzinga news feed. You wish you would have it. Or if they have it, just say Benzinga news is outstanding. It'll take you 30 seconds. Literally just go in there, hit the contact us. What we've learned is they listen to their their users and Reuters Bloomberg are obviously bigger and they have 30,000 people. We get bigger by the community. You guys are what make us be alive and do these kind of shows but we need to get our distribution and increase it and let people know who we are. So if you guys take 30 seconds, it doesn't have to be right now, but today, Monday, Tuesday, just to hit the contact us on your brokerage and say, I love Benzinga news. I love their newswire. It would be so much appreciated. And then next week when we have the inventory, um, we're literally going to, I'm going to get random people shirts. I'm going to spend about 500 bucks on here, buying people um, shirts and stuff like that, that do this. This is how, our name gets out there. So I know it's a weird request, but um, you're right. Trade Station has our news. That's a big client of ours, but just letting them know. Um, baby sizes shirts will have that. Um, 
if you use Webull, Eric Nance, and you can go in there and say, I love the Benzinga news, you don't know how grateful we'd be for that. That would be so awesome. Because the issue, the things that we get are like when there's a, like a problem, we don't hear the positive. So we just we need more of that. So, and my email is jason at benzinga.com if you have any questions. Sorry for my little infomercial, and we don't really put any advertisements on the show, but I just, I, I wanted to say that because um, we need to get the word out there. So anyone that can say, hey, Benzinga Newswire is outstanding to the brokerage and take two minutes to Robinhood, et cetera, that's awesome. Okay. Thank you. Now we'll go to the show, right? All right. Stocks. We Let's want go. stocks. Punks. Let's go. Stocks, 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 stocks. Stocks, 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 stocks. There's a song. <laughs> Everybody. You know that? That's <laughs> All right. I like it, Dennis. I like it. <laughs> We're I starting a rap routine here at Benzinga now. Yeah, so we are. And um, and if anyone wants to design a shirt for the store, send us an email, premarket at benzinga.com or jason at benzinga.com. Um, I bought some stocks this week. Um, what I've learned, Dennis, and I know what you said yesterday, but what I've learned is the stuff I sold, I should never have sold, right? I mean, Wayfair was my big call option uh, three weeks ago. It's taken off. Uh, DOO, PII, I mean, obviously Express Spa, but the other ones, um, the, the other ones are um, like, I bought more Yeti. I bought more Yeti yesterday. I bought the August 21st, uh, $45 calls. I bought, I'm going to pronounce this one wrong. I bought this early this week. Generic or uh, Generic. Generic. No. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No. Generic. Yes. Hurricane season. Yep. Yeah, well, yep. but it's also a COVID play, right? Yes. Yes. Because you're not going to leave your house if you're afraid you get COVID, you know, you don't want to go. So you need to have, you need to have generators. My wife brought it up to me yesterday. So, um, so I bought, I bought that. Um, Peloton has just been a rocket. Um, a Crazy, big, man. A, absolutely. Really rocket. And you know, other than New York Times, I was all over Peloton going down to 21. See, and, and Slack. Those are my stocks because I look, it's one thing to just make a trade on a technical move, but it's another thing to do a ton of due diligence. Like I want, what I want to create is a due diligence room. My Peloton trade, I did so much due diligence on it. So when it went down from 28 to 21, I didn't, I didn't have any bit of fear. I just, I just doubled. I backed the truck and doubled it and doubled it and doubled it. When it hit 40, I started selling. So I sold at 42, 46, and then I have a third of the position left. What, do I wish I would have kept it all? Yes. Do I wish I never would have sold any Wayfair? Yes. My wife always says, Jason, why do you sell? But as Dennis said earlier, and I think this is so important, you were around Dennis in 2008, 2010. You probably also were around in 2000. You guys, I was, buy, I put in, I was buying research in motion, no, rare medium at $28. I bought 100 shares, then it went to 48. I bought another 100 shares. Then it went to 78, and I think I bought another 40 shares. Okay, so I had a, it was one of my biggest positions. You know what it did from then? It went down to zero. And these markets tend to kind of do that. When you have stuff that goes straight up and it's so easy, my yeah. biggest fear for everyone is this. You have a lot of new traders in the market. We all know that. And so when the market starts trending down, it's gonna trend down a lot faster. The whole problem is it's really hard to call that day. So you try to buy really good companies at good numbers. You know people are buying jet skis right now and boats. I, I just called our local jet ski dealer down the street. He literally said he got two in this week. It's the first time that they had supply. So I know the demand is huge. I'm not risking it. The other one, Dennis and Spencer, that I back at the truck on is VSTO. I brought it in the show at 1020. Yeah. 
I bought, I bought more VSTO and I think it's like at 13 or 14. I'm not moving on my VSTO. I think it's a no brainer just to keep Spencer. Um, but the, um, you can pull it up. You're pulling it up right now. I don't want to pull it up. Okay. So, um, where is that thing that Neil sent me? It says invite your friends. How do I share that link, Neil? Oh, I got to do the boot camp stuff. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Right. So Before we go, I want to <laughs> just interrupt you on one thing on the Peloton and I miss, I missed this one. This is going into the Russell too today. So I gave a whole rant on why you can see topping events sometimes when these stocks go into the Russell. Zoom is going to the Russell and Peloton is going to the Russell. So my own personal opinion, if I was on Peloton, I'd maybe think if we, you know, we've had a hell of a run here going into the Russell. And this sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes can be a topping event. So I'd be cautious with Peloton, at least buying it here and chasing it here, because sometimes when they actually get put into the index is the top. I've seen okay. it happen a lot of times. So you're, just be careful. You're right, Dennis. But the bigger question is, and I know you like some of these long-term picks, is Peloton going to be one of those long-term picks? Is the portfolio, I mean, I was with a person yesterday. They have it on all their TVs. They have the bike and then the treadmill they haven't been able to get because they weren't producing them. And now they're getting the treadmill. If they're, I feel like they're going to be introducing a suite of products. I, you know, I sold, I told you two thirds of the position. Once I really started interviewing people and looking further, they have more to that product suite. I thought, hey, you guys in Peloton before Corona, I was wanting, wanted to short the stock. Yeah, me too. Corona, before it, Corona. Like literally, uh, Dennis, out of all my stocks, I was literally thinking Peloton's the next Fitbit. And so I was ready to show. I said it on the show. I called it he, Fitbit on the show. You said it many times on the show. <laughs> but I changed too, right when Jason changed. When we went into lockdown, I was like, Peloton's the one. And I went from hating the stock and I bought it too. I bought it, you know, I bought it with you. I bought it at 25 bucks. I yeah. sold before the earnings report because I was nervous. I sold at 39 or 38 bucks. I shouldn't have. I screwed up. I shouldn't have. But. I still own SWBI, which is, um, you know, Smith & Wesson. Yeah. I own the September $20 calls. Um, work I'm going to still own. But Yeti, I'm, uh, guys, Yeti, I was, I was mad at myself because I bought Yeti early. I bought it at 29. It's at like 42. But I sold some of it at 35. And then I went to my son's eight-year-old baseball game. Guys, it was like the whole team was sponsored by Yeti. I have never seen anything like it. So I literally came back on Monday to, to like back up the trucks. The stock was up 10%. So I waited the next day and I, and I put a call order and I waited till it got executed and it, and it went through. And I was like, I've never seen anything like it. And I think the earnings are in July or something. So I'm like, I'm buying this one. Um, also, we have a boot camp today. Uh, Spencer, I put, I put the link in the Slack. Did you already talk about it? Um, Briefly. Hot, hot stocks loop, Dennis, put it in here. Um, it's the Benzinga boot camp. It's all day. Kevin O'Leary yep. is coming in. Kevin O'Leary, my our is he friend. today or tomorrow? Because this is two days this boot camp. Yeah, he's probably tomorrow. I don't know. Um, it's two days. Kevin yep. O'Leary is our friend from Shark Tank, who actually is a pretty good stock investor. Good calls on the stuff. Although he yep. made me, he made me lose my bullishness a little bit on Tesla like three years ago when we had a fight in my in our office. <laughs> we had a fight in our office, but he made a great point. He said. When people go on a train, they look at the brand of it. His point is in four years, no one's going to look at the brand of cars. It's going to be all automated, whatever. So I'm like, all right, I guess I get his point. So I lost a little bit of bullishness on it, maybe. He made some good points. It's a YouTube interview. It has 100,000 views. I interviewed him at our office. Tesla, Kevin O'Leary, short, you'll find it. But yeah. then about a year ago, 
at 350, he flipped his short because his son worked at Tesla, you know, for the summer and basically told him that Tesla is data on wheels. And um, that made him flip his short. And we wrote an article. About oh, so, so Kevin's joining us at 2.35 p.m. tomorrow, uh, Eastern time. So uh, thank you. Thank you, Spencer. Yep. Um, uh, he's on tomorrow's slate of programming. Um, I, Jason, I don't know if you watched uh, Mad Money last night, but he was all over your recreational trade. He had the Winnebago, they talked Winnebago, the Winnebago CEO and the Brunswick Corporation CEO were both on. So recreation, they're all over it with you. They're on the same side. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's and that's the thing. I really, you guys are looking for like a hot stock right now, but I really want you like us to listen to this. And I know Dennis talks about this too. My whole goal in the market is to get into something before everyone else does. So I was Big buying, brand. I was buying like, yeah, exactly. So I'm buying a GAN or I'm buying, um, back in the day, it was online dating sites, match.com, Ticketmaster, a bunch of these other ones that I knew about. Wait, and I was buying online dating. What? I used to, I used to own, I started a bunch of online dating sites, Motor City Singles, Picky Singles. Wait, 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 you start, wait, back up. You started these sites? Yes. Okay. Keep on going. Year 2001. You should have started match.com. Well, they <laughs> almost, a good one. well, yeah, they almost bought it. So, I mean, I basically took ethnicities. So basically I have Michigan Indians, Michigan Jews, Chicago, everything. I took every ethnicity and city and state for the Midwest. Okay. okay. And the online dating sites did all right. This is in 2001, but I knew the business really well. So I bought the stocks big time. Cause I'm like, this is such a high margin business. And then everyone followed along eventually. And so these outdoor stocks correlate because people weren't talking about these outdoor stocks a month ago. And so I bought them as they went down. So DOO, I, I was down 16% on it. Now I'm up 40%, but no one was buying these things. I mean, I remember being on the show and I'm, I'm preaching you guys Polaris. I'm telling you this stuff. And I look in the YouTube chat that we have or the Benzinga premarket.benzinga.com chat and yep. no one, and no one wants to hear me on Polaris. No one like, there's like, what the hell is that? I don't even know what ski do is. And now they're talking about it. And so I try to go ahead and, I, and, I, and I'll give credit where credit's due. I love that Dennis is honest too on that shit. Like um, uh, Mitch Hotch told us about WKHS. Now the fundamentals aren't there on WKHS in my opinion, valuation and all that. But the, he was there because he's looking for the alternative of a Tesla, a play like that. And so WKHS was one of those. That's the same thing I did with my Winnebago investment, my Wayfair investment. I'm looking for the trends before everyone starts talking about them. And yes. then when everyone starts talking about them, it seems so obvious. So Slack was my obvious play of the, of, well, Peloton and Slack, but I was, so I look at what Benzinga spends money on. That's one of the things that is such a, like an indicator. Datadog, we switched from the other vendor to Datadog like six months ago. And I got mad at Burt David, who's one of our top guys. He should have told us about the stock. Like I didn't even know it was a public company. But like what we spend money on is like is a big predictor sometimes of the stock market. So SaaS offerings. I mean, if you guys knew what we paid Amazon every month, you'd be like, okay, no matter what, even if e-commerce slows down, Benzinga will have, I mean, Amazon. We also, we also pay Twilio, right? Or do we not anymore? We do pay Twilio and we pay Twilio a lot of money. And, um, and by the way, this is the same thing that goes, I used to sit in the CompUSA store. I told you guys this and watch people go around the turnstiles when they introduced that translucent blue iMac. And my, my theory was, are people gonna go look at those gray boxes or start by looking at other computers? And that's when Apple took off and that's when I bought it at $14. I look at like these trends before everyone's talking about it. 
because the media is going to say the same thing over and over. And I don't mean Benzinga. Benzinga is going to do you right. The rest of the media is going to say like the same thing and talk this, talk that. And I, I try to turn it off. I honestly, I've had the TV off for three straight days. When people ask me what the market closed at, I have to like look in our uh, pro because I'm not looking because it messes me up sometimes. It messes me up. I can give you, I can be swayed by hearing the same person say the same thing yeah. that we're so that messes me up, Dennis. Do you do you have the TV on all day, Dennis? Uh, I I I watch the CNBC, and I'm going to tell you, and I don't know if CNBC is going to like me saying this, but I'm going right with the point that you just said. When the stocks start, I said this when the stocks start hitting and start getting talked about a lot on CNBC, it's often time to hit the sell button because you try to get ahead of the trade, and they typically are behind it. So like I was saying with this workhorse, what happened? It got a mention on mad money there the two nights ago. I mean, it's went from three to nine. Now it's hot because they all chase price. and They're all looking what's moving. Oh, this is what everybody's talking about. That's what we need to drive traffic. So when they start, when it's a story that's under the radar, I mean, they talk about Apple, Tesla every day. So they can't consider that. But a stock that is under the radar, all of a sudden starts getting major media coverage. And because it's moved up to 300%, it's often the time to start thinking about lightening up. So in nothing against, but media wants to talk what's hot. And so the workhorse has been hot. So, but it's been hot. You know, the person who's buying it at nine now, you bought this, I bought this at 335 two and a half weeks ago. So, right. and now they're going to start talking and promoting it on CNBC. I'm like, I don't know. So, so that's, that's a consideration. The thing that I have been trying to track and figure out, because this is where we can make a lot of money, I feel like, if we can figure out when the tops are for these things that run out of momentum. So when they start talking about it on TV, the workhorses, the Pelotons, all these things, when they start talking about them, when do we take the short position? It's so hard to find that, but I, I'm watching these couple other stocks that I'm in to see when these things like we'll start fizzling out because there's no way workhorses that value is worth that valuation. You can make that argument at Tesla, but I'll disagree with you. But um, and so I'm just like, when do these top? I, I, it's just such a hard thing. And the other thing I used to do back in the day, it doesn't work as much. I was, uh, I used to write for the street.com and real money. So I got the real money, uh, Jim Cramer's, you know, alert thing. If he put it in his newsletter and ranked it as a one to two or three, I knew he'd, they'd be on the show. So I bought the stock. It was like my risk-free trade unless the market got killed. And so it's like that thing, people start talking about it, they get exposed to it and if you can get ahead of that game to that trend, yeah. your, 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 your money. Now, what does happen though, and this is where the people who are trading penny stocks get killed. This is what happens. It's not hard to change the name of your company. So about two years ago, I'm going to say 500 companies added the word cryptocurrency to their name. Oh, yeah. Mostly OTC and pink sheets. But because of that, you go in the chat room, you go in the premarket.benzinga.com chat room, and literally people will be saying, um, oh, this is crypto. They do this. They do this. It has this, you know? And so I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, I, I, that's going to happen again in this area. So you got to be careful when people, when people do that. And that's why we have Benzinga Pro where we put really smart people in there to discuss it. But Dennis, that's one of the, the things like what trend can we catch up? Um, and we all want to be able to call the top of this market, but it's impossible to call numbers. And that's why like, I love that, you know, Dennis, you go home with like a, you're not, you're not freaked out because you, you, you're, you're trading in the day, you have your longs and the same thing I, I did. I lightened up on, I was on margin three weeks ago or two weeks ago, a big, been a big amount. And I lightened that up because it was, it was when the market stopped losing, it was losing that momentum. I'm like, I'm going to lighten up and I'm going to put more money in the good companies 
that are going to weather the storm no matter what happens with Corona. Um, and that's the way I played it. The only one that I have that's maybe a like that would still do bad with Corona is Saber Holdings. I still have that SABR. Um, I would say that one would, you know, whatever, like it's one that- What does it do again, Jason? You told us last time. It's, it's, like, the, it's, it's like the back end to like um, orbits and hot okay. water. Oh, it's, right. like the, yeah. it's like the big- Software I, behind the travel place. I love buying the thing behind the thing. So Spencer Israel just alluded to it. The Twilio, the thing behind the thing, the AWS. If Benzinga was a public stock, which yesterday I was on the show because we, we made raise some money, Benzinga. And I was like, hey, who wants to invest? Three people emailed me. Um, we, you know, we want to put some more ammunition with what you guys are doing, make more video. And so we may raise a round of money for Benzinga. Right. And I was like, um, wait, so we finished that. And I was like, yeah. hey, maybe we, maybe we get our, our fans as part of it because they have all these like on Republic where people could invest in these companies. Um, I don't know. So, but the thing I was going to say on this uh, Twilio or uh, Amazon AWS services, um, all these plays, the thing behind the thing, it protects you. So Sabre Holdings is one that's risk. And the other one I also bought is Flare, F-L-I-R, because this is totally different, but they do a lot of the radio thermal imaging. So when you walk in somewhere. Like we've talked Flare a long time. We have. We have. So we've had Flare. We had the Flare trade on when we took it off. Um, I, I talked Flare. I bought this back at $39 back in April. as my friend Mike that brought us to us. Um, and we talked about the reopening play and it ran. It had multiple interviews on CNBC though. So that's why, you know, and, and it's come off. And, they, and, and this is a smaller part of their, they, they have a huge business. Fleur is a huge company. This isn't a speculative stock. It's a yeah. huge company, but they were getting some coverage. It actually, I rang the register back and you can see the move. I think it was back on June the 10th. And the reason I rang the register was they interviewed the CEO on CNBC. It ran up two bucks on that interview and yeah. then it tanked. And that was the top. So I think the flirt trade has cooled off. It could get hot again if we go to the reopening. I'm all for the thermal imaging. This stock could get hot again. It's come off significantly. You yep. know, it gets back to 35 is kind of the point of reference from where it broke out when they started talking about, you know, this thermal imaging play. Uh, but the story has happened. It's cooled off. The story could get hot again. So it's still on my watch list. That's oh, why. That's why oh, go ahead, Spencer. Sorry. No, no. I, I'm being told by the events team that we need to get off. So, so, so oh, wait, should, oh, <laughs> we're getting the boots. Yeah. Um, so Kick off the boss. So um, I am buying more flair. That's what I'll tell you guys, because I think that more companies are going to buy, you know, stadiums. I'm buying more flair. My position is not fully established yet. I own, um, yeah, I own not enough shares. That's what I would say. I sold I'm it. Thinking. I want to rebuy it. Um, it's, it's, I sold it 46 and 47, like right up there. So um, I'm like, thinking about joining flair. you somewhere in here. Yeah. And then what, someone asked me about my Eli trade. Um, thank you, Tom Walsh. I'm glad you're up 22% on Sabre. Eli Callaway, I'm still in Eli. It's up like 8% since we, you know, and so I sold some of it, but I still in it in a decent way. Um, and again, before we end, go to your brokerage. Say you love the Benzinga Newswire. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'll let you know if it works. And then next week when the store is ready to go, I'm going to do some surprise giveaways. Dennis Spencer, thanks for having me on. And Hopefully you guys make it to the boot camp. Here's the link to the boot camp yep. um, right there. And love you guys. Have a great weekend. And maybe let's do the golf trip at the end of the end of the summer for the pre-market show. Okay.
Thanks a, lot. Thanks a lot, Jason. Uh, Thanks, Jason. I, put, I put the link. It's been bootcamp.com. I'm being told if you're in the bootcamp, go to agenda at the top of the screen and click on uh, view live training. That'll, that'll move you on in the, in the program. I want to thank Jason Rasny. Thanks to all of you in our chat. All three of them, please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Uh, we're, we're wrapped up here. So we're done. Everyone have a great rest of your Friday. And uh, oh, hit that like button, please. And thank you. We appreciate that. Everyone have a great rest of your day and wherever you are, stay safe. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.